Welcome to the Life Exchange Podcast, where we give you practical solutions for self, community, and culture. There can be this idea that the higher you go in leadership, the lonelier it gets. But does it have to be that way? Today, we'll be talking about leadership that isn't lonely and what to do when it does feel lonely and isolated. Now, we know that through our God-given design that it isn't good for man to be alone. So we're going to talk about three specific types of relationships that we all need in order to thrive. We hope our conversation will help you push into connection as you lead so that you can be happier and healthier as you influence your world. Hi, I'm Melody Hilton. And I'm Joel Hilton. And I'm Katie Stansfield. And today we're talking about the topic of leadership that isn't lonely. And I think loneliness is a human being struggle, um, but leaders can face this especially. And um, before we get into it, we just kind of want to establish that we as human beings were created for connection. I love uh, that in the Bible, uh, the church is often referred to as a body, the body of Christ. We know that um, God talks about uh, family. He's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We're always referring back to the family of God. And so we know that as humans, we were created to be in connection with other human beings. Um, and so that that is first a piece that we have to establish, because I know for me, a lot of times, uh, even through my process of growing and healing, it was, well, I guess it's just me and Jesus. And, and that can be um, something that launches us into that leadership that is lonely. So, so we want to get into this topic today. And to reinforce what you said, I mean, we were created to be in connection, yes, with God, yeah. but also with our fellow man. And uh, that's really important. Uh, you kind of alluded to the scripture verse, but it's Ephesians 4.16, he makes a whole bo- whole body fit together perfectly. Yeah. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. So yeah. it's part of God's design that we have connection with his body. And yes, that includes imperfect people. Yeah. And the funny thing about that is if we're going to grow full in love, we're going to need imperfect situations and imperfect people (laughs) to actually grow and mature in that. And so I know a lot of times when you hear people talk about being hurt in the church, they just want to separate themselves. They just want to, and I can understand that. Um, I'm not pointing fingers, but God designed it this way that we are not just in connection with him, but we're also in connection with his body. And, And I think all of humanity as well. And really, that was the design before the fall, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. yeah. That man was not to be alone. Yeah. Yeah, that's so good. And I think as leaders, we we think if I if I put myself in in all these tasks and all these responsibilities, that's going to be the fulfilling thing. But if you look at Adam, Adam had all these responsibilities, mm-hmm. but God still considered him unfinished yeah. until he had relational partnership. That's good. And, and that was him having un uh, like unlimited completely total access to the father. Yeah. And still he was unfinished. Yeah, so it's part his his calling and purpose because I know a lot of times as Christians we put so much focus on that and we say that's going to be the thing that my mm-hmm. world revolves around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But God says, no, Adam, you were unfinished even in that state of having all this personal calling and responsibility. And yes, you're correct. He had unlimited access to the Father, and it, it was still, God was saying, this is not good, yeah, or it's said, not complete yeah, until not he good. has that that um, that helpmate. And and it's not just uh, a marriage partnership, but I think it's it speaks to a deeper thing of a need for uh, connection and partnership and validation and uh, like what we talk about this whole podcast is the exchange of yeah. life between one another. Yes. Yeah. And so right, right in that scripture, right from the very beginning, God himself said, it is not good for man to be alone. And so if God said it, then we know that that is true. It is not good for us to be alone. And so as leaders especially, I think we can kind of fall into this idea that 
um, whether it's because of our position or because of our experience, because we've been hurt, whatever it is, um, it just, whether we have a conscious mindset of it or it's subconscious, we kind of have this idea that um, because we are leaders, we are more separate. We are more alone. And I know, um, Dr. Melody, I know back in your Bible school days, you were taught something about this. Do you want to share? Yeah. When we were in Bible school, they said, do not bow with the sheep. So if you're leading people, you can't have uh, close relationships with them because wow. my goodness, uh, you you have to have a higher standard. You're you know on a different platform, a different level, but that is so untrue. We tried living that because we thought that's what you mm -hmm. were supposed to do. And we were so unhappy, so isolated, so separated. And it was like, no, we need partnerships. We need to serve and love and have an exchange of life. We need to do life deeply with others, whether the, we're the one leading or we're the one partnering or we're the one following. The fact is we need to work together. And when we began to apply that into our lives and our ministry, it began to change how we viewed ministry. But yeah. because of a lie, we separated ourselves. And all that did was reinforce our shame because we could never measure up to our own expectations. So we lived in fear that somebody might see our inadequacies. And now it's like, it's so much fun being transparent and letting people know our inadequacies. Yeah. And they just love us all the more because we're real and we yeah. can partner. And I don't have it all and you don't have it all, but together we can accomplish so much together we could never do alone. So we have to not just bow with a sheep, but we have to <laughs> partner with them. Yeah. It makes me think that you know, whenever I look at a dysfunction in in my life, I realize that it's based upon a lie that I believed. Yeah, so true. And so, like, in that case, it was something that you were taught. So I was thinking, what what are some reasons why why leaders would isolate themselves? Or what, what are some lies or mindsets that kind of we as leaders use to justify our, our isolation? I think experience. I think a lot of it just yeah. comes through experience. You know, when you are a it's leader, it's safer, right? <laughs> yeah, it's when you when you're a leader and um you know we know the the phrase the buck stops with you, the buck mm -hmm. stops with the leader. And so you do take the fall, you take the heat for things when they happen. Um and so I think it doesn't take long for a leader to have those experiences where mm -hmm. uh, maybe something went imperfectly, the blame went on to you. Um, and you say, all right, I don't want to do that again. Mm -hmm. And so you put up a layer of a wall, uh, you, you do separate yourself or, or you, uh, whatever that looks like, uh, you just try to protect yourself. And I think, I think as a leader, it is a vulnerable place. You are taking more of the heat. You are taking more of the responsibility. And so just simply as, as a human instinct, you want to protect yourself. And I think, um, if that's not checked, um, in healthy ways, then that that's a big way of how we we find ourselves in those places of of lonely leadership. So a big reason is self protection. Yeah, like you can see that in in Elijah, right? When he ran to the cave, mm -hmm. right? right? He was trying to protect his life. Yeah, mm -hmm. and yes, they were trying to kill. They him. were trying to. <laughs> <laughs> very very true, right? Um, I I don't know if Elise that I'm aware of any situation in, in the American culture where someone is trying to, to kill me. To my me. knowledge, no one's yeah. ever tried to kill me. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Maybe with their thoughts or their <laughs> evil Maybe. eyes. But what was his whole mindset? I am the only one. Yeah, yeah so that's a mindset, yes. right? Yeah, and it's like we, we, we are so... Uh, we, we feel like we can't relate and connect because even... It's just our role. Just as a parent, the fact is your kids don't know what you have mm -hmm. to deal with. Your yeah. kids don't know how you have to pay the bills and how you have to work and how you have to pay a price. And and you don't just spill everything out to your kids. And um, the same is in leadership. Uh, we have a responsibility to people, but with that responsibility, we must be careful not to present ourselves 
that we have arrived. And, you know, I just think about Jesus when he went to the tomb of Lazarus, he wept and he wept in front of everyone. So he wasn't really concerned whether or not Martha or Mary or anyone else that was there uh, saw him grieve, saw him cry, saw his heart broken. And in fact, it was that compassion that literally allows the miraculous to take place is our humanity. So we do have roles. We do have responsibilities. We might, quote unquote, have to pay the bills and do things our, quote unquote, kids might not understand, but we have to be real human beings before them. Yeah. And I I really was, I like that because even though Jesus had the foreknowledge of knowing what was to come, that there was going to be resurrection, he did not carry an air of authority that he had it all together even though he knew what was to come. And I think as leaders, that can pull us into loneliness is when we put on an appearance that we have it all under control and that we have all the answers. Jesus, Jesus knew. We don't know, but Jesus knew. And still he felt the emotions and he was human and he was real and authentic. Yeah, I agree. I, I also think you can only live in that state for so long. Yeah. Eventually, it's going to pour out and affect those that you lead. Uh, and and I know one of the lies that I think many leaders believe about, you know, isolating themselves or justifying why they isolate themselves is that false sense of strength. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so I have to appear this way. I have to appear like nothing bothers me. You know, I have to appear above all situations. But I just, I just don't think that that way of thinking is sustainable. Yeah. No. And it, and it's not authentic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is. It, it's not reality. Mm-hmm. And so I think. Now I will say this: we're not saying that a leader should be like spouting out all <laughs> no. their problems to everyone. Right. I'm just saying, you know, we need people in our life that we can be very real with. We need uh, people in our life that we can be accountable to, not just in in behavior, but even in our thought life. Yes. Yeah. Because the fact is, your children cannot handle hearing about the weight of responsibility that you mm-hmm. have to carry. Yeah. They, that would cause them to feel insecure or fearful. Mm-hmm. And so we have to recognize what does leadership do? What does love do? Love looks at people and say, what can I do? What can I say? How can I act in a way that is good for them, their growth and their maturity? It Leadership is not all about me. It's about me representing Jesus in my spheres of influence, whether that's ministry or the marketplace, it's representing him. And so we have different levels of relationship in which we connect. And it is so wonderful, just like we as a team, we can come together and we can just put it all out on the table. And that is so, so necessary. But there are people in our church that we would not put it all out on the table because it would be harmful for them. Or they couldn't handle the weight of the situation. That's right. Yeah. But it's a part of our role in community. You know, it's just like if you're an entrepreneur, you're paying a bigger price, right? If you're a pioneer, you're paying a bigger price. If you are the senior leader or a leader in a ministry, you're paying a bigger price. Yeah. And so it's it's a part of the package. It's a part of the honor that we have. Jesus paid the highest price, didn't he? Mm -hmm. You know, I was even just thinking this morning, not in respect to this podcast, but Jesus, when uh, it was the Last Supper, and he knew Judas was going to betray him, he knew that the rest of them were going to deny him, yet he washed their feet. He ate with them. He spent time with them. And he just listened to their banter, you know, John's going to be on your right hand, Mm -hmm. you know, James on your left hand, you know, Uh, whatever it might be. He listened to all that, knowing what he would face, yet he put himself in that place with those that were going to carry on the kingdom, the ones that were going to establish the church on the earth. They were not perfect. They didn't have it all together. They were going to deny him. Yet he took that last moment that he had to make investment into them, knowing what he would face. And I thought, oh, 
And we're and we I love the scripture as Jesus is so are we yeah. in this world and I say Lord you know I have so far to go because if I knew I was going to face something like that I'd be like Katie pray for me <laughs> pray for me you know Joel Joel and you know I'd be reaching out but he just in humility and in love and honor served them washed their feet ate with them. Mm-hmm. Who knows what they talked about, you know, how they might have laughed and, you know, the the relationship that they had at that moment. It's like making that most of the opportunity before he would pay the highest price. Yeah. I think that also speaks to the prophetic nature of Jesus. And, yeah. you know, we have the prophetic nature inside of us. But he, yes, knew that they were going to betray him, deny him, hurt him, reject him, all of those things. But yet he also was prophetic enough to know what was going to happen next, Yes, you know, to know their potential. And I think sometimes um, for us, you know, we're going to be hurt by people. We're going to be offended by people. We're going to be rejected by people. And so it, it's really important for us in that, you know, if, if we take that as the end all, when somebody hurts us, go. we're going to withdraw from people and find ourselves in that place of loneliness. But when we can, one, take our pain, take our hurt, take our struggles to the Father, and two, see those people as Jesus, as God sees them, and knowing that, yes, we all fall short, we all mess up, we all are going to find ourselves in those places of of, um, imperfection, and yet still there is a divine prophetic destiny for all of us. And so if we can give that pain to the Father— and then choose to see people as he sees them, knowing that we were designed to be in connection, in community with these imperfect people. That's going to help us to have that longevity and leadership to not let those let the pain of our experience um, pull us into withdrawal, but pull, but instead uh, propel us into the future in connection with other people. We are going from glory to yeah. glory. And so it's so important to not take the pain of our past or our present into our future because we don't want it to taint our future or our mindsets, how we believe about ourselves, how we believe about those that we serve. It's it's so important to like take off the old garments and throw them out. Don't pack them away in the attic somewhere, just throw them out and keep moving forward, even in the difficult times, the lonely times, the times where we have uh, been rejected or betrayed yeah. or hurt. Um, it's it, That's also a part of the human experience for everyone, leader or not. Yeah. And so I think one way we can lead is by leaving the garments of the past in the past and move forward to that prophetic future that we know God has planned for us. And how we navigate the past and how we navigate our present literally will empower us for the future. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. I was thinking about uh, when I said earlier how living in isolation or living in this state is not sustainable. Mm. And I was thinking, whoever said that, a burnout leader, you know, uh, an emotionally distressed leader was a good leader. <laughs> and so I think it's important that we take time to be filled again. Yes. And like I said before, yes, we can receive so much from the Spirit of God. Uh, the Spirit of God is is life to us, but he's also created, like we said before, a structure not only to receive from him. Yes, we could get everything that we need from him because he is able, but he's also created a structure yeah. and and designed it this way mm-hmm. that we need one another and those around us. Most definitely. Yeah. So if we're finding ourselves in a place of burnout, uh, fear, isolation, we're not leading our people well. No. No. So I totally get this. Um I will say this, you know, not every person is the same. Some people work so much better by themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're not saying that you don't need time to recoup or even Jesus separated himself yeah. to pray. So we're not talking about that. But I guess my question is, how long is too long? How, <laughs> <laughs> when does isolation become harmful? I think that's a, that's a good question to ask. 
I think we have to think about what we're thinking in those times of isolation. <laughs> are we in self-pity? Yeah. Yeah. Are, you in are we beating ourselves up? Are we in shame? Are we in this defeatist mindset? Are we in woe is me? Are you being recharged in isolation? That's right. Are, are, are you being built up <laughs> yeah. or are you letting the devil just beat you up? That's right. Yeah. And, I, and I think we have to do what is necessary. I know it's like a, a few weeks ago, I was talking to both of you and I was just saying, you know, I feel my creativity draining. I got to go get filled up. <laughs> and, um, and then I was talking to you, Katie, and, and I was talking about doing a training and you said, yes, do that, do that. <laughs> and just being in that training was like a filling for me. Yeah. <laughs> And so I had to put myself in a place because I could feel my creativity waning, yeah. that I had to be filled. So it gave me, it recharged my emotional and spiritual mm -hmm. batteries so that I could just keep on keeping on with passion, with purpose, with motivation, with love. Uh, you know, I think it's so important. If ever I feel my love waning. Yeah. That is a real wake-up call for me because I will never lead well if I do not love well. Yeah. So I have to keep my love on. I have to keep my, my heart uh, of, of valuing people as a paramount importance in my life because the moment that wanes is the moment I get very egocentric. Yeah. I get very taking and getting. I get very... Uh, you know, I, I isolate myself and I separate myself and I become an island under myself and that's never healthy. Yeah. Yeah. I think to your question, um, for me, I have to pay attention to my self-talk. What is that? What is that sounding like? Because mm -hmm. if I, I am a person that I, I love working by myself. I thrive in that independent workflow. I think all three yeah, of us. Yeah, we do. We, do. we, do. Okay, we yeah. all we are a great team, but we work in separate offices and separate buildings. <laughs> we we all do. We work yeah. independently. But I know for me, when I when I will start to notice, um, whether in work or in other aspects of my life, the loneliness come in is when my self talk becomes. Um, de defeated and it becomes mm -hmm. yeah. lonely and it becomes all about me. So if I think yeah. Yeah. if, if my self-talk is all about me, I am one person that is loneliness. Mm. You need other people in order to not, not have that loneliness. And so um, you look at Elijah, he went into the cave and he said, I am the only one left. <laughs> mm -hmm. Now that was not true. Um, but that was his self-talk. That was what he started to believe. That's what it began to feed on. And I know for me, um, past patterns, whenever I get into that self-pity and I want to throw myself a pity party, um, then I know I've gone too far. Yep. <laughs> That's so what I know. I've hit my point. And I think it's so funny that he was super spiritual when when he when he taught when God shows up <laughs> and he says, you know, what are you doing here? God is say asking Elijah, what are you doing here? And he starts out with Oh, I have been righteous before yeah. you, and and, he, and we can we can we have to be so careful not to spiritualize our self-imposed isolation, oh, yeah. Yeah. and we do that. You know, we we yeah. we will justify it up and down, but is it producing life? And I love that question that God asks. What are, what are you, you doing, doing here? Yeah, and and God is not asking for his so that he would understand. He was asking so that Elijah would understand. Yeah. <laughs> so, That's so true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> My goodness. That is good. I never put it in th those pieces together before, but that is so good because basically he was saying, Elijah, what have you done that you have put yourself there? Yeah. Yeah. And Well, one thing that's interesting, it shows that he was isolated internally. Yes. And it was manifested because he went to a place of isolation. Mm. Yeah. So how do we know that we're in isolation is it first starts internally. Yeah. And then it will manifest itself externally. And I think with that, you know, Elijah just came from a place of victory. He had Ooh. just come from a place. He was on a high, this, right? Yeah, he was yeah. on a high spiritual or miracle signs and wonders happened, yeah. you know, Um. And there was a big showy display of the glory of God. I think that is a real key, especially for leaders yes. within ministry, is signs, wonders, and miracles mm -hmm. 
are not a reflection of the internal um, <laughs> state mm-hmm. of your heart and of your soul. And so, um, because it's, it's God doing it, yeah, right? yes, yep. But it, but it's so easy for you to get the to you for you to feel the accolades and to feel that sense of fulfillment and accomplishment uh, when those things are happening. But if you're not really in check with your own soul, mm-hmm. um, it's really really easy to get off really quickly and to um, and and to lose the purity of what God is doing through you because now you're taking it and then you're making it about you, mm-hmm. um, which again is that lonely place. Then you begin. And then when, what happens when things start to go poorly? Mm-hmm. You know? If you take the credit, you got to take the blame, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so neither are healthy. And all of a sudden, Elijah couldn't handle it. He didn't have the capacity to handle the, the attacks and the rejections. Uh, and so it just makes me curious, what was the state of his soul even while God was moving very powerfully, wow. that so quickly he went from that high to the low of being in a cave isolated. So how we view ourselves is so important. And as you were talking, it reminded me of years ago when I started traveling to the nations. And of course, you are just celebrated and you are yeah. you're amazing, Melody. You are amazing. And and you just you're on that high. And then I come back to our little church, you know, and yeah. it's like people, well, of course, do this, do that. You know, you're supposed to do this and that. <laughs> and it's like now I'm taking advantage of, okay, I come home and my husband says, Are you gonna do the laundry or whatever it is? <laughs> you know, we come back to normal life and you're like, I want to go to the nations again. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. But am I going for me? Yeah. Am I going for the accolades? You know, you use the term, the purity. Yeah. And so it's like remaining in the purity of our contribution. And even when you talked about earlier about we isolate ourselves in a good way to get our work done. Yeah. Okay. We all work very well independently, but you know, when we're working, we are contributing, we are giving, we are serving. We just happen to be in an office alone (laughs) at the moment, but we're giving of ourselves. But when we start focusing, and this is the impurity of leadership or the impurity of ministry, when it becomes about us, what we get, the accolades, the rewards, the benefits, man, I paid this price. I am entitled to this. Mm -hmm. And whenever we have an attitude of entitlement, we are positioning ourselves for a fall emotionally. Yeah. You know, most leaders, especially church leaders, they're like, it is actually impossible for me to be in isolation because (laughs) I'm always serving, I'm counseling, I'm always talking to people, I'm, I'm in front of people. So this isn't a real problem, but I would say, we're not just talking about a physical isolation. Yeah. Right. Because you can be super isolated and be in front of people and engaging mm-hmm. with people and still be in a place of isolation, still be lonely, still be um, not having heart-to-heart connections. So, like, what are some signs that that you're you may be working with people, but you're still isolated? I, I think what this podcast is about, life exchange. Mm -hmm. I need to receive as well as give. Yeah, Uh, how can you pour out if you're not being poured into? Right, even by, you know, just loving a person and allowing them to love me in return. Just Mm -hmm. the simplicity of a hug, you know, a kiss on the cheek or, you know, just little simple things. It's like, you know, as... As a parent, I keep going, I'm so glad y'all has kids, but I can keep using them as an illustration. Well, every pastor, you know, that so <laughs> but, many sermon illustrations, right? Right. And so, you know, Layla, she comes up and, oh, daddy, I need to hug you. And, you know, you get a hug and a kiss. And it's like, you know, the price that we're paying to raise these kids, it's all worth it. You know, when you are able to receive from them. And isn't it true? We do receive so much from those uh, that we lead. And one thing I've learned as a leader, when I empower others to lead in their spheres of influence, 
we have gone from a hierarchy to a beautiful partnership to where everyone brings their best to the table. And I recognize, my goodness, if it isn't for Debbie, and you don't know who Debbie is, but mm-hmm. if it wasn't for Debbie, what will we do? Yeah. If it isn't for this one, we just start looking at the different ones in our body and say, we are better because they are here. And so I think it's just a real valuing and an appreciation of what everybody else brings to the table. And there's different levels of leadership, but they are 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 all so needed. And so I think when there is that exchange of life, that is absolutely critical to to remain healthy as a leader. So a sign that you're in isolation, but still being around people is there's there's not a true sense of exchanging life. Yeah. I know for me, like if if communications, you know, communication Mm -hmm. lines get cut down, and I, I know that's a big sign. Um, avoiding accountability. Mm. You know, as leaders, you know, if, if we think the buck stops it mm-hmm. <laughs> at yeah. who With you us. are, yeah. you know, if, if there's not people that uh, you're allowing to speak into your life, I would say that's isolation. Yeah. Uh, you're an island unto yourself. Do you have anything, Katie? Yeah, I think for me, and and I tell this to people, my uh, least favorite F word is the word fine. Fine. And I'm so I'm guilty fine. of it myself because, you know, you ask somebody, how are you doing? And you're, I'm not talking about like the passing on the street. How are you doing? You're asking somebody, how are you doing? Oh, I'm fine. And mm-hmm. you know that they're not fine. And so I know for me as a leader, it can be a very quick, easy tendency for me to just say, you know, God's good all the time. I'm fine. You know, <laughs> mm-hmm. do the do the churchy leader thing. Right? That happens in church all the time. Oh, people, it, yeah. People are coming in with horrible home situations. Oh, uh, you know, uh, everything's fun. Everything's yeah. good. Everything's, you or know. the faith statement, you know, God is good. Yeah. <laughs> All the time. All the time God is good, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, but but for me, that can be something I've got to check myself because if I know that I'm not actually fine. Now, if somebody asks me, how are you doing? And, and you know, if somebody walks in the church said, how are you doing? I'm not going to pour out my stuff right there. <laughs> but well, Let but, me tell yeah, you. <laughs> yeah. That's not a, not a good approach. But if I don't have somebody that I can go to and pour out my struggles, I know, Mama, I've called you and just said, I don't need you to fix it. I don't need you to give me strategies or solution. I just need you to be my mama right now. I need to just pour out my stuff. And just by me making that phone call, just by me doing that, that pulls me out of loneliness, isolation, whatever I'm going through, mm-hmm. pulls me out so quickly. And so I think um, we have to have somebody. If if we're just living in the everything is fine, that's gonna that that's a that's a lie. <laughs> it's just you just nothing is always going to be going perfect. And so having those outlets, those ones that you can go to and just pour out your stuff. And I yes to God, but we we have to have another human being to do this with. And you might not have a lot of people. You might just have one. Um, but that's okay. We just have to have somebody we can get it out to. Well, Jesus had the multitudes, right? Yeah. He had the 70, he had the 12, he had the three. Yeah. And he had the one, John. And now John said that. (laughs) (laughs) He knew he was God. He knew he was Jesus' favorite, right? But, you know, there are different levels of relationship, and that doesn't make one more valuable than another. It's just uh, the type of relationship that allows that exchange of life to take place. And that's important. Yeah, we've kind of been sprinkling these thoughts throughout, but uh, let, let's kind of switch gears here. We kind of talked about the problem, mm-hmm. the problem of isolation, the problem of being lonely in leadership. So uh, we're about the healthy exchange of life. So what are, what are the three types of relationships that we need to be healthy? Well, there are three key relationships that will empower our success, keep us emotionally healthy, and where we will really have an exchange of life. And the first one is we all need mentors. And mentors are people that are investing into us, that they have the influence in our lives to speak into us. And it could be in areas of skills or competencies, or you know, mm-hmm. uh, they have more experience in ministry or more experience in the marketplace. You know, they just have so much that they can invest into us. Secondly, is we all need. Well, can we talk about that first sure. one? 
I, I think for me, this is the type of relationship where I need to listen more and talk less. Yes, yeah. very good. Uh, so I think that's an important distinction with this relationship. This relationship is about receiving mm-hmm. and not necessarily giving. That doesn't, I mean, you know, not everything is in a vacuum, but I think what's important about this relationship, it is about them speaking into your life and you you not talking as much. Well, and it's about being really teachable yeah. as bringing application to what they say. So yeah. I have some mentors in my life. Yeah, and, what do you do with what yes, they say? Yeah. And they'll say, Melody, from now on, this is what you need to do. And I go, mm-hmm. yes, sir. Or, yeah. Yes, ma'am. And, and, so and we, I apply it. And we have friends in our life that can give their opinions, but you know, we can take it we could either do it or not do it, but this is, I, mm-hmm. I, I want to be really clear here. This is the type of relationship that you need to trust, Yeah. but also recognize if they say it, I need to put this into action. Yeah. This is this type of relationship. To have people who are willing to be mentors, they are paying a price. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so to come before them in humility asking the right questions and applying what they bring to the table is going to motivate them to want to continue to invest into us because they'll see the fruit of their investment. Yeah, and I would say one of the quickest ways to shut down this type of relationship is not listen to the instruction. Yeah. Right, don't do anything with <laughs> I, it. I, know the, I just need to be loved right now. No, it's not, it's not <laughs> about that. <laughs> yeah, I, I know I've had people in my life that I quote-unquote mentored, and and there was a season where they really, you know, um, put into practice what I was um, pouring into their life. And then I realized as time went on, that really changed and, and recognized that relationship was no longer that type of relationship uh, so yeah, so I just wanted to be clear with that. Did you want to say anything else on that type of relationship? Yeah, I think, um, one common thing is that people are often looking for mentors, uh, and they say, will you mentor me? <laughs> and I think if you're that person and you want a mentor, maybe you have tried and it didn't work out. If you want a mentor, the, the key is, uh, when you go to them, ask them for something and then honor them by responding. Mm-hmm. So if you want to keep a mentor, that's how you do that. It's not just going to them, having the one hour phone call where they pour into you mm-hmm. and then you do nothing with what they gave you. If you want to grow a mentoring relationship, yeah. um, do what they are saying. Um, show them uh, honor them, respect them by showing that what they have to say is valuable enough for your for your life that you're going to put it into practice. And I think that's just really a a key because often we are looking for mentors and and we might even say, well, I don't have any mentors, and we go into that kind of pity mode. Uh, but we really have to check ourselves: what are we doing with what is being offered? I think a key word that you said there is value. Yes. yes. If you value what they offer, you will put it into practice. Yeah. Exactly. And really, mentorship is not about quantity as much as it is quality. So yeah. some people are looking for somebody to spend hours and hours with them or on the phone or quote unquote mentoring them hands on. But if it's truly a mentor, you could have a 15 minute conversation. They give you one nugget and that carries you until yeah. the next time. So it's really not about quantity. It's about the quality and what you do with it. And some of those relationships are are um, developed organically, but some you have to pay for. Yeah, ask questions. That, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, you do. You have to you have to pay for that, and I think you have to pursue it. Um, this isn't just going to fall in your lap. And so, um, ask a question that you intend to respond to. Mm-hmm. Um, and and yeah, there are some mentorships that you have to. You have to show them monetarily that this <laughs> is important to you. Yeah. Um, it's just like coaching, right? Yeah. I, I'm, I'm an executive coach. I don't do that unless they pay me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's in the marketplace, mm-hmm. but they're paying me for my expertise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So 
if they don't pay me, I'm not giving them my expertise because mm -hmm. there's only so many hours in the day. I want to see investment. But I will say people have already paid me and they didn't follow up. Mm -hmm. I still didn't want to mentor them. Yeah. I stopped. Even if they would have kept on paying me, mm -hmm. I would have... It was a waste of your time. It was a waste of my yeah. time. Yeah. And time to me is huge. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. So we all need mentors. Yes. Yeah. So... Secondly, we all need to be a mentor. And that's where we are investing into others. And just like I was talking about coaching, we are pouring into others. We are helping them become the best version of themselves. We are, you know being teaching, training, whatever it is, but we are being a mentor to others. We all need people that we're going to give ourselves to. Yeah. And I think that's a big reason why leaders can be or feel very lonely is because they're always giving. They have these type of relationships in their life where they're the one mentoring, but then they never have someone pouring into them. Right. And that's why they're being burnt out. I mean, think about or that. Or they mentor and the person isn't doing anything with it, which we talked about yeah. a little yeah. bit earlier. And that's so discouraging mm -hmm. for a leader because they've given that person their very best and there was no positive change. So that's challenging for the mentor. And, and that's why I, I think knowing these three different types is really important so that you can say, this is the type of relationship this is. And some and to be honest, relationships do change. Yeah. Yes. They can they can go from more of you mentoring them and then it turns into more of we'll talk about it later, mm -hmm. but a kind of a peer-to-peer -peer thing. And so not relationships aren't always static. They don't always stay the same. Yeah. Well, just uh yesterday I was doing an interview with a, a very influential woman, and she's probably about my age. And she was just talking about her mentors. And it's so uh, blessed me because she goes, I don't care how old I get. I need mentors. Yeah. And, and she is a mentor. So she, she she's on both sides of that. And she loves investing into other people. That's one of her biggest passions. And to make impact in our nation by investing into people. Now, would you say uh, there are also... I, would would this type of relationship fit into that category of recognizing that you're giving in this relationship, but you're not really expecting anything in return, right? Like as, as Christians, we are to give to the poor. We're not expecting Ex something yes. in return. So there are some relationships where the flow of life is only one way. Yes. Now that's not really a mentor-mentee type thing, Sure, but it, we always have to have that generous spirit mm -hmm. to where we give without return because yeah. that really is the highest form of giving. You know, what is it? Uh, ties, offerings, and alms. Alms are where I give where there's not going to be a return. Mm -hmm. And that really, that's a high level of love. It's a high level of giving. It's a high level of service. And I think we all need that in our lives very much so. Yeah, so it's also important to recognize that is what this relationship is. So there are, you know, I I know like being a father, there was a season of time <laughs> where it was always about them. They weren't really giving anything in return. Yeah. And as they gotten older and matured now, there is more of an exchange of life. So recognizing that there might be a season where it is kind of like you're just giving of yourself, but then it might switch over to more of a mutual Especially exchange. a new believer, someone yeah. you're discipling, that type of thing. Mm -hmm. we, you know, we, we call it pastoring, but really isn't pastoring, mentoring. I guess my point. I guess my point is having proper expectations for your relationships. Right. If you don't have clear expectations and you have an assumption, that's what leads to disappointment. disappointment. Yeah. That's what divides relationships. So if we're clear in our expectations, and sometimes people don't want to be clear because I don't want to hurt your feelings, so I don't want to tell them. So you're delaying yeah. the inevitable of really hurting the relationship. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Where it's it's like, okay, the relationship has changed. I, rem I remember, Katie, you were a baby in our nursery. We have a much different relationship today <laughs> than we did so. way back then, you know? Well... And <laughs> I place no demand on you except to hug you and kiss you and that kind of thing. And so, and you letting me, but, uh, you know, relationships do change. I mean, when Joel, when you lived at home and you were my kid, you're still my kid, but when you were my kid, it, it was and much I different. And I still feel free to open your fridge. At, you still do. <laughs> Dad doesn't allow it, but you do, so. <laughs> but, but I remember on the day you got married, I literally felt 
you know, a shift. I recognize you're stepping in to your own family, your own thing, and the relationship was different at that moment. And so um, the things that maybe you shared with me, you'll probably never share with me again. It might just be with your wife. Mm -hmm. And so, or it will be just with your wife. And so we have to recognize relationships can change, but they're never designed to be broken. We might have people, maybe we're a part of our church for 20 years and they transition to something else, but I don't believe that friendship, the relationship has changed, but the friendship, the love, the value for that per person should never change. And the amount of partnership that happens may Will change. change. Yeah. Exactly. So things change, but I think where we cut people off is where we make so many mistakes that really make us do feel lonely. Mm -hmm. Because, it, Katie, if you see me cutting somebody off because of this, then you're going to have a thought, ooh, if I do this, Melody might cut me off, yeah. right? And so it's like, no, if we develop the, the moral character of valuing relationships on whatever level they might be, then we're really going to be honoring God and we're going to be honoring others. Yeah. So we kind of got off a little bit. Well, a sign of maturity is recognizing that I need to make clear expectations for a relationship Correct. and recognize that they change. Correct. Right. And I, I thought it was funny how you alluded to, like, when I got married and moved out of the house, you you recognize that the relationship has changed. Now, this is probably another podcast, but some parents or some mothers yeah. <laughs> don't make that transition very well. And that's where their causes problems, yes, right? Yes, exactly. And so when 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 the relationship has changed, but you have not changed, there's going to be conflict. That's really yeah. good. Yeah. That's really good. That so, would be a whole good podcast, th that would wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so the first one is having mentors. The second one is being a mentor. And what's the third one? The third one is partnership. That's where I work alongside us bringing our very best to the table to build something uh, together. We're working on a unified vision, a unified purpose. We have unified goals, and we all bring our diversity, our skills, our talents, our experience to the table, uh, and we just partner together because mm -hmm. there is no way we're going to ever be truly successful independently. Yeah. Yeah, it's really good. And I think at this peer level, um, <laughs> it might seem obvious, but I think... If you want to have friends, you have to show yourself friendly. And really, that's a yeah. scripture, I think, isn't it? <laughs> Is it? <laughs> but I, I am an introvert. Like I, we said earlier, I like my alone time. I like working alone. Um, but because I have such a high value for connection and for these relationships and community, um, I have to pursue these relationships. And so you have to kind of put it in your schedule. You have to make conscious decisions that you are going to connect with people on that peer level. And I think a lot of times, especially as leaders, um, you know, it's kind of like, you know, being a mom, your world revolves around your children and there's so much talk about self-care and how we have to make time for ourselves. And mm -hmm. sometimes that can go too far, but we won't get off on that. Um, that's another podcast. Yeah, that's a whole, whole other subject. But um, it is important that we do make those conscious decisions to have friendships and have those relationships and not let the mentors and the mentees take all of our time because all three of these relationships are important. Yeah. So if we're going to live a healthy life and have a, a positive exchange of life, we need these three types of relationships. Yes. And I do want to go back to the second one um, real quick, that's the one where we're giving and not really expecting anything in return. Mm -hmm. I think um, it can be an easy trap um, that when we are serving and giving out so much that we're expecting that uh, to fulfill us and that we're expecting when we're pouring out into other people mm -hmm. that that is going to be enough um, for us to not feel lonely and that, that that's going to give us a sense of worth or a sense of value. Uh, and it's just really important to note that um, when you are just pouring out, that is not enough and you're going to find yourself in that place of loneliness. Um, so we do, we have to have all three of these. And of course, our never-ending constant connection with Holy Spirit 
Um, we were mm. meant for both. We need relationship with him. We need relationship with people. Uh, and we need those relationships with people in these different capacities. Amen. Yeah, that's really good. So as you listen to this this podcast, I hope that you got some keys and some tools. And and I'm a firm believer if if you don't um, create a structure in your life, there's no way for life to flow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So some of these things we might be experiencing pain because we've never created a structure to actually receive life. So I believe we talked about a lot of things that that if you just put into practice can create a structure so that you can not only just be giving life to those around you, but you can also be receiving it. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'd say, uh, you know, Elijah took himself into the cave um, and then God said, go. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think that's a good word for all of us. If we find ourselves in a cave, if we've put ourselves in that cave place, um, to make the conscious choice to leave the cave, mm -hmm. step out of that isolation. We were created for connection, community with other people. Um, and it's really not as difficult as we sometimes make it out to be. Um, begin asking questions of people. Begin scheduling it into your calendar. Yeah. Um, make sure that the relationships where you're giving out, um, that they're productive and that if there's areas that you need to tweak or boundary or change, uh, that you're doing those things. Um, but but it's such a beautiful, yeah. fun, exciting life when we can do life together, yeah. have that exchange of life, um, and and that's when you really feel fulfillment and and purpose come alive. So yeah, and I would say I encourage you if there is an area of lack in your life, cultivate life in that arena. Yeah, you know, kind of like what you said, put it on your schedule. To be honest, there were situations in my life where I was like, I was feeling lonely in leadership. So I just made the conscious choice to reach out to people and say, hey, let's get together. Let's yeah. get together. And so sometimes we're like waiting for God to uh, drop yeah. this yeah. light beam from <laughs> yeah. heaven and say, this is now, or this yeah. is your friend, or uh, <laughs> I brought this <laughs> this friendship to you. We're waiting than, for people to chase you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> If you want something, go after it. Yeah. Yes. Yep. And so uh, can leadership be lonely? Yes, it can. But we can make choices that can alleviate that or yes. address that. So yes. yeah. I think that's what this podcast was really about. Yes, lonely, uh, lonely, loneliness in leadership is a reality, but we can create structures within our life that can actually... Yeah. Address that issue. Yes. So yep. I hope that we gave you some keys that will uh, facilitate that. Yeah. yeah. Amen. All right. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening to Life Exchange. We'll be back next week with more conversation on topics of life and leadership. Until next time, be sure to check out our website at givinglight.org, where you can learn more about our church and access loads of resources to help you grow in your walk with God and people. If you like what you heard today, we'd be grateful if you would leave a five-star review and share with your friends. Be blessed. Remember to shine your light and have a great week. Thank you.